Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And today, it's going to be a little bit different. Normally, I've got a guest on the show, bring in experts from marketing or sales leadership or just maybe something from the growth department. But today, it's just going to be me, yours truly. Again, my name is Dwayne Fault. I'm a normal host of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And today, we're going to talk about the super sexy topic of goal planning. And the reason why I want to talk about goal planning right now is because I've seen a lot of cliche phrases get thrown around even more now than I usually have. And I don't know if it's because 2022 is when we finally got ourselves out of the pandemic and everyone's trying to execute faster, do more things like the world of the, it's like the era of the solopreneur. But what we're not talking about is how to create plans and goals in a way that allows us to not only execute on them, but connect with them to such a level to where they actually mean something to us and the people that we impact along the way. So hang in there with me. It's going to be a longer episode than we normally have because the ones previous to this, they're like the five to seven episodes. Sometimes they're shorter than that. Rarely are they longer than that now. But today we're going to go full length. I think it's going to be around 45 minutes. If you've worked with me before, you probably know it's going to be longer than that. So hang in there. You may have to pause and come back to it or share it with a friend and listen together or something. But either way, I want to make sure that you get the full flow of everything we're going to talk about today because we're going to get get really tactical and deep in the weeds later on in this conversation, but getting into it, right? So we're going to talk about three primary topics. One, why are goals important? I feel like everyone should know that, but oftentimes we forget and we just need to be reminded. Number two, the difference of having a detailed goal and a detailed action plan with the three steps to take when building those out. And it's really important to pay attention during that section because there is a difference and there's a big reason why there needs to be a difference. And then lastly, the third option, third topic we're going to talk about is how to apply this to anything in your life, not just business or fitness or whatever, is a framework that I use. And I know a lot of other high achievers and some of my mentors use this as well. In fact, this whole framework came from one of my mentors And I've been able to help other companies, either SaaS companies, sales leaders, individual sales reps, apply this style of thinking and execution to their goals and planning to really help them just accelerate their growth exponentially. So getting right into it, why are goals important? Look, we need to take a step back when first before we talk about why they're important, because we have to put some definitions in place around what the goals are. and. The reason why I say that is because to, to most people, and even to me in a lot of situations, goals are something that we're working towards or they're positive or they're meant to inspire and all that stuff. But we need to think about the other side of it too. Sometimes we have a goal to where we need to remove something from our life or we need to stop doing something. But there's the whole craze and cliche around building habits that help you or the seven highly effective, whatever, right? That's important. But we tend to forget about the side of our subconscious, of our emotions and who we are that are what keep us from going after those goals. If you're a salesperson, it's those insecurities that creep up in between those moments of silence when you're supposed to stop talking and the prospect needs to think about your question. It's in those moments for the marketer where they're sitting at their desk having just left the strategy meeting where they've got to figure out how to go and generate all these leads and they have no idea what they need to do because they don't have the information necessary. It's within those situations and moments and times of our lives where we need to set a goal to remove our to remove those 
I don't know, maybe the dark side or, or work to get out of those situations or better yet, how to utilize those feelings of that dark side of our subconscious and our emotion to propel us forward. And so many times we talk about goals as only being one side of the story, one side of the equation, one side of thinking, which is the carrot. So we need a way to differentiate our goals and how to think about them and realize that everyone responds differently to the different energies around goal setting. So you can think about it as, think about it as simply as the carrot or the stick mentality. Do you respond better to the positive reward? Does putting this goal out in front of you, which I know a lot of salespeople are, or at least most people think they are, putting out some revenue target, some commission, some something that's going to get them to, to take action and earn that money? Or are you on the other side to where you're the stick? You have the fear of punishment. You don't want something bad to happen. You're running away from a situation or darkness in your life, and that's what propels you going forward. So the reason why I bring that up is because the last couple of years, we've all been through the pandemic. We've all been working remote, and we haven't been close to one another. We haven't been able to travel as much or experience things physically, face-to-face -face or in-person, whatever you want to look at, to have that feeling of wanting something. So one of, one of my mentors, many of you may know, Tony Robbins, he talks about proximity is power. The reason why that is so powerful is because the goal, the achievement, the future version of yourself is tangible in somebody else or the thing you want, you can literally touch it. So that's why it works so much. And that's one reason why I really, really don't like when gurus, these motivational gurus say, don't use materialistic items. Don't use a car or house like that shallow. Fuck that. I'm sorry. I know you don't hear that often on the show, but that is ridiculous. Every one of these motivated people started with wanting something materialistic, or maybe they wanted to get out of some bad situation, but it was something that was real and tangible in their lives that got them to take action to move forward. And that's how I started. That's how we all need to start because what happens is motivation and goals, it's an evolution. You have to start somewhere simple that's easy to understand, that's tangible, it's in front of you that gets you in that habit of setting goals and the habit of success and achievement. So having a tangible item is a great way to start that. You want a car, you want a house, you want to have a certain number of your bank account, you want watches or whatever it is, that is an amazing way to start and that's a great reward. That's why that plays on the proximity's power conversation that a lot of people talk about. But then there's also the other side of things. Maybe you don't have access to that stuff. Maybe you've never sat inside of a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. Maybe you've never been around those 20,000 square foot mansion houses to really feel what it's like to be in, quote unquote, the driver's seat, literally and figuratively, to have that connect on such a level that drives you forward. Maybe you're in a shitty situation. Maybe you're about to lose your house. Maybe you grew up in a broke-minded household to where all you saw was negativity and poor relationship towards money. And so your motivation is to not let that crap happen again. Something that I do is, one, I like tangible stuff. I like specific things. I think it's great. It's cool. And I use the framework we're going to go over here in a second to go and get those things. But I also use it to go and get other things for people. I love, I, I love getting gifts for people. 
getting something that really means something to them. It's a big thing in our house. We do like one, one special gift for each one of my kids. I got four kids, but I like to do that for other people too. I'm like the Leslie Nope of gift giving, but it's, it's something that I use to motivate me throughout the year to go and do certain things. But the biggest thing for me is I operate from the dark side. Now, I don't talk about it that often, and it's just, it's a topic that only comes up in certain situations. You can say, David Goggins talks about the cookie jar, right? Tim Grover talks about the dark side that cleaners pull from in order to get themselves to the next level. And I found that works really well. For me, I see the work that I need to do now to go and get the goal or achieve the goal that I want to have in order to go get the thing that I ultimately want, whether it's a better life or a better vehicle or a college for my kids or something. But what gets me is thinking about being the future version of myself and looking back on what I'm doing now. It's the view of the veteran or the lens of the veteran. I forget what exactly what it calls, how it said, but it's your future self looking back on who you are now and whether you're going to be proud or upset at what you're doing. Am I doing the work I need to do to go and achieve the thing I told myself I wanted? Am I holding myself accountable? And if I'm not doing it, I get frustrated at myself. I get angry. And that seething hatred for being a hypocrite to myself is what drives me forward. Holding myself accountable and being the person I said I was going to be is what pushes me forward because I don't want the life I had when I was a kid. I don't want to be <laughs> moving houses because we thought it was cool, but in reality, we just got kicked out of one because my parents didn't make the payment. I don't want to have that conversation with one of my kids when a re a repo truck comes and takes their car from their college dorm room because I didn't make the payments when I was supposed to. True story. I was in college, age 20. I bought a truck with my dad when I was 16. Loan is in his name. Been making payments on it, all that stuff. And I go to college. And one day I'm sitting in my living room. Thank goodness I was home. Repo truck pulls up, backs up to my truck, loads it up, and is about to drive off with it. Luckily, I had the key for him to go inside and I can get my stuff out and all that. But my dad hadn't been making payments on the thing for nine months. I had been giving him money. But then that was the result of the poor decision making and the mindset that I grew up with that my family had towards money. And so I'm running from that. I'm trying to achieve a level of greatness and success to where my kids, my family don't have experience that. I'm changing the trajectory and the thought process that my family tree has. I'll be the one that does that. That's what pushes me forward to go and do the work, to go and achieve the goals that we're talking about. But how do you actually do that? What, is this, what are the steps? What, is the, what are the mechanisms? How do you actually set goals that matter to you and get you to do the things you want to do. So we could talk about SMART goals or OKRs all day long until we're glue in the face. That's fine. SMART goals and OKR frameworks are a really great starting point. It's a great way to start organizing what you want to do. But the big thing that those miss out on and a lot of organizations don't do is they're much too general. I understand that SMART goals, the S stands for specific. But rarely do I ever see it get to the level of specificity that it has to get in order for you to take those actions going forward. So more what we see is we see too many goals, too many goals in a shorter period of time because no one has any patience. So if you can delay gratification or you can set the right time horizon on the goal you're trying to achieve and put more emphasis and more work and focus 
on maybe two or three primary goals and do the work to get specific on that, that is what's going to get you the result rather than doing 19 different things like that. Doing 19 to 20 different things inside of your business in one year or in your life is going to be distracted. It's going to cause a big distraction. It's going to cause a lot of uncertainty and pain. And this could actually have a negative impact on you because you think you're not doing enough in life and you're not achieving and you're going to try to do it. It's just a very negative downward spiral that leads a lot of people to depression. So simplify your goals or not even simple, just narrow them down, narrow them down to where it's two or three goals that you can actually work towards inside of a year. So we want to make sure we have that long-term, not even long-term, like 12 months is short-term for a lot of people, but most people can't see past the first two to three months when they get into a new year. So bringing it down from the clouds a little bit and getting into the specifics, people overestimate what they can do in a month and then underestimate what they can do in a year. But why is that saying exist? Why does that keep getting repeated on social media? It's because they don't have, they don't have the clarity they need to actually go and hit that goal. They think you're going to be able to do all of these things inside of a month. I've done it. You've done it. But then when they start actually doing the work, they have, they don't have enough specifics to actually measure their progress. And so they never really make that progress. They don't know what success looks like when making that progress. And so then they fail out because they're not actually doing anything towards that goal that moves the needle. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of negativity when they don't actually do the work to get the specific actions they need. So again, leading into that, having the smart goals or OKRs and that type of stuff is a really great starting point, but you want to make sure you're just using that as a way to organize your goals and work to get specific. So the reason why you want to get away from generalities, our minds are wandering generalities. Our minds are constantly going to work to provide answers, to connect the dots. We are association machines, and we always want to relate to something that we know, love, and trust. The more gray area there is, the more gaps there are in your plan, the harder it is for you to take action on it. What, what do I mean by that? Let's say you have a goal of losing weight, right? The biggest goal that everyone sets at the beginning of every new year or any time of the, I want to lose some weight. And that's the goal. I want to lose weight or I want to earn more money. There's such a gap in you setting that goal and then what the reality of the situation is and all the little details you have to go and figure out in between. So getting away from the general goal, you want to get highly specific, as specific as humanly possible. You want to get it to a point that you can visualize what the goal is in, in extreme detail that you can almost feel it. That's how specific you want to get. But we can all agree that for fitness, for income, for mindset, you can, there is thousands of guides, thousands of tactical guides that show you how to do it, right? You can't do a Google search on any topic without it being related to fitness or earning more money, at least with my browser. So what's the stopping? What's stopping you? What's a stopgap? What's keeping people from truly doing the work? So we're gonna, we talk about specific goals, getting really specific on what that goal is. You want a specific set of money or on a certain time you want to, but the thing that's missing is doing the work as to why you want that goal in the first place. What is that weight loss going to provide you? What is that new level of earned income going to provide you? 
if it's to buy a truck, if it's to buy a new house, what is that going to result in? Why do you want those things? And if the reason why isn't meaningful enough to you, then it doesn't matter how specific you are on the goal, you're not going to do the work. You'll do the work when it's easy. Everyone does work when it's easy. But when you run into roadblocks and challenges and friction in the process, it's going to stand in the way of you going after it because then you're going to convince yourself that you don't actually want it. It doesn't mean that much. I don't need that. Oh, I don't need the house. I don't need the car. I don't need to lose weight. Oh, I'm happy the way I am. I should just find out how to be happy with who I am now. Blah, 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 blah. Great. If that were true, why do we have such high depression rates? Why are we how we are in this world and so negative all the time? Because that's not true. Progress equals fulfillment. But if we don't know we're making progress on or towards, it's extremely challenging for us to be happy with who we are because we don't understand who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. So again, getting specific in the goal that you want to achieve. You have the exact metrics, numbers, realities, the time frame you're going to get it, all of that stuff, but you have to take it one step further and understand why you want that goal. You, why do you want to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve? So for example, I had always driven a truck ever since I can have a license. And throughout the years, I had a couple different trucks here and there. But then when we started, my wife and I started having kids. We had four kids. We had twins. Awesome. Wonderful, beautiful girls. But we weren't in the spot financially to where we can afford to have my truck and have the vehicle to have basically haul around all of our kids. Even the truck wasn't a six-seater. We needed six seats because we had four kids. And so I had to get rid of the truck. I had to trade it in, go get a minivan, do a car, that whole nine. And so it was a few years, probably like three or four years before we were to the point to where we can afford to go get a truck again. And so in 2018, I want to say it was 2018, I sat down and did this. I knew exactly the truck I wanted to buy. I knew the color. I knew the model, the trim, the year, what I wanted inside of it, how the leather stitching felt on my fingers on the steering wheel, the smell of the leather when you get into a warm vehicle, all of that stuff was just ingrained into my head. I would do it almost every day I would think about it. But I did that intentionally. It wasn't just dreaming and hoping that things were going to magically appear in my driveway because that's just how you get depressed and you get demoralized towards it in the first place and it becomes a negative thing. So you want to be intentional about why you're doing this. So again, I got really specific on the goal I wanted to achieve. I knew exactly what I wanted to get, when I wanted to get it, and how I was going to do it. But why did I want that? Growing up, I always saw a truck as like a Swiss army knife. It was utility. It could do anything. It gave me the feeling of being able to do anything. It had nothing to do with what it made me look like or what other people thought of a truck, I give two shits about that. But for me, it was, it gave me internally a sense of I am capable. I like having options, but it was a goal that I wanted. I wanted to be able to go and buy a brand new truck, not just a used one, because even before that, most of the vehicles I had were called super used. They're probably like a fourth or fifth owner. But that was part of the goal. And why did I want that? What was the reasoning behind it? Again, it was utility. It meant something to me. It gave me the sense of 
I set a goal that I wanted to go achieve and I'm achieving it and I'd never done it to this level before. So when we're setting goals, another trick that we're not going to spend a lot of time on today is setting large, audacious goals that almost scare you. And at that time, buying a brand new vehicle scared me. Like I'd never done it before. I didn't know the process. I didn't understand if I had the right credit before. Even before that, when I was in my early 20s, I really screwed up my credit. So I had all of this fear and anxiety baked into even going and getting a loan to get a truck. And it stopped me from trying to get a truck for a long time. So it probably, I think it took me maybe eight or nine months to actually go and look at a dealership before I even started thinking about submitting an application for a vehicle. I was just catastrophizing in my head, but finally using the framework of like getting specific, understanding the why, really building that out and making the why so meaningful that the how didn't matter anymore. So once I made that connection, it was so much easier for me to not only do the work necessary, but then go and experience and put myself in that environment, in that situation of potential failure, meaning my credit got denied or we couldn't afford the loan on that one or whatever it is, because I knew what it meant to me after achieving that. And so 2018, 2018 rolls around. And I was able to acquire my truck, the exact truck that I wanted, written out on paper, dark slate metallic, crew cab, standard bed, a Z71, all of that's leather, the six-seater, right? I found this specific make and model of truck that had all the things I wanted in that vehicle. And I found it. And it's still sitting in my driveway now. I remember when I got into that truck, the first time we test drove it, we had test drove other trucks too. And my wife and I were sitting, she was sitting in the passenger seat and we test drove these other three and that one was sitting on the lot over there. And I'm like, that one's the, that one's the color and the setup that I want. And so I was like, the moment we sat in that truck, I knew it was it. That feeling, that familiarity of what I was seeing when I was envisioning the truck that I wanted matched it. It was almost instant. It was really hard to get a good deal on it because we were so excited. Unfortunately, I mean, it was a good deal either way, but that's just the power of getting it explicitly clear on the goal you want to achieve, having a deep understanding of why you want to achieve it. Even if you feel like your reason why isn't compelling, make it compelling. Tell yourself a better story, a different story than what you're telling it now. If you're telling yourself the story of like, I don't deserve this, stop. You deserve anything you, des- you put the work in for. If you're willing to put in the work, you can do anything you want. Simple. Like, I'm not kidding. doesn't matter your situation, your circumstances, who's around you. It's all about what you tell yourself when you're by yourself. If you can tell yourself a better story, you're going to connect that story to your outcome and your actions, and you're going to execute on whatever it is you want to do. So that's why it's important to set a clear goal, a focused goal, and have an absolute understanding as to why you want to hit it. That's the two sides of goal setting. The one side that we hear over and over again around smart goals. You need to get specific on your goals. Get as deep, blah, blah, blah. That's, we hear that so much, but no one talks about that back end part. No one talks about the meaning behind your goal, understanding the why. Because if your reason why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. You will figure out how to move mountains to go and make things happen. Now that I have that mindset and approach for my kids, don't get in my way when it comes to achieving things for my kids. If you want me to do something like with 100% effort and focus without distraction, 
goals for them are the things that get me to move forward. It's why I'm on this podcast. It's why I'm doing this in the first place. Oh, my kids love my podcast. They don't even care what the topic is. They just think it's cool that dad has a voice on the podcast all the time. When, they, when my wife takes him to school, they want to listen to my podcast. And my wife doesn't listen to it that much. And that's totally fine. It's totally irrelevant to anything. But they just think it's cool that dad has a podcast and his voice is out there. That drives me to make sure that there is a consistent episode coming out all the time just for them. Because I'm being the example of what they can do and the work that they can do that choose, they can choose the work they're going to do to go and achieve the things that they want to achieve. And it's slowly making an impact on them. Sports, school, art, all of these things. I found, I saw my 10-year-old daughter on her iPad watching slow motion baseball swings from the MLB because she's starting to play softball. I didn't even say, hey, go sit down and watch slow-mo swing practices from the MLB. She just knows that you need to get very specific. You need to do the work. You have to put in the practice. You have to watch the game film, all that stuff. And she's only 10, but it rubs off. Just like I said earlier, proximity is power, but that power has both positive and negative effects. The people you surround yourself by, not only will you absorb their character traits to a certain extent, but those people will start doing the things that you do. If you start achieving, when you start doing this and you start putting that focus into understanding the reason why you want to get these large audacious goals and you start executing and doing the work, one of two things is going to happen. Either one, they're going to think you're crazy and not want to hang out with you and you don't need that negativity in your life in the first place because it's going to hold you back. Or two, which is what I hope is going to happen, is they're going to start leveling up with you. Either intentionally or unintentionally, they're going to start doing stuff. And it happens all the time. You could easily be that one in your group of friends that goes and changes the trajectory, changes the conversation you guys have every Friday night instead of getting beers, maybe you're doing something else. Who knows? But it all comes back to getting extremely specific on your goal and then explicitly detailed in your reason why you want to achieve that goal. And all of this is great. Let's shift gears for a second. Why, why is this important? Why is getting so specific that impactful? So get tactical for a minute. And I love this topic. Our brains are wired a specific way. And they've been that way for thousands of years. In our minds, we have... Let me back up a step. Even before that, when we get into a situation, and this is a feeling, when we get into a situation and you just know that you know what you're doing, or you've, you've met someone where you don't know it, but they feel like you've known them for a long time. They just have so many character traits and familiarities about them that you just know this person. When you have marketers, sales reps, executives, leaders, public speakers, when they get into that flow and that mode of working, it's like they... They don't have to think about anything else. It's just natural. It's because they've trained themselves to level up their foundation or their baseline in that moment by doing good practice, by exposing themselves to what it takes to win. And so all they're doing is they're training their intuition. Hang in there. They're training and teaching what their gut feeling should be. It's all connected. So let me give you an example. Right now, as you're listening to this, and if you're driving or running, don't do this. You can do it another time, or you can set your phone down or stop. So right now, I want you to look around you. 
I want you to look around and find all the things that are blue wall, blue eraser, blue trampoline, blue marker, blue books. There's a name and stuff off that I see in my room. Blue background, blue logo, all that stuff. Now close your eyes and tell, write down everything that you saw that was red. Crazy. You probably can't think of a single thing or maybe there's one because you're wearing something red. That is a very simple example of what's called the reticular activating system in your brain or the RAS is what I'll refer to it going forward. So the RAS is in the frontal lobe inside of our brains. Now its sole responsibility is, well, there's two sides of it. It's there to protect us, keep us from harm, keep us out of danger, but then also show us what's most important to us. So it's the reason why you can hear your name being called out or said in a crowded room. Even if they're not talking to you, you can hear it. That's the reason why you feel so much familiarity with someone you just met, because they meet a certain level that you know in somebody else. This is also the reason why I thought my truck's color was extremely unique, and I didn't see it anywhere else. It was dark slate metallic. It's like a darkish grayish blue. It's really cool. I thought no one else had it. When I was driving that truck home, I kid you not, I can spot the damn thing going 80 miles an hour on the freeway going the other direction. I can see the back taillights turned down a street now because now it was important to me. It's the same thing. When you buy your car, whatever color it is, now all of a sudden you see them everywhere. You, see, you probably see the white four-door 2014 Honda Civic driving everywhere. It's the same concept. Now, the reason why that happens is because before you told your subconscious that it was important, your reticular activating system just filtered it out because it wasn't important to you. It's only going to show you what's most important to you. So you're literally training your intuition. It's the same reason why all pro quarterbacks or athletes or basketball players or golfers, whatever, they do the training and the work necessary to train their subconscious or let's call it the muscle memory to know what good looks like. So when they're in the moment, their baseline is where you should be at when you're trying hard. So they set the foundation of what their subconscious is supposed to be looking for. So it just goes on autopilot and you're straight into flow mode or flow state. That's where the RAS comes in. That's why it's important to understand the explicit details of your goal and understand the reason why you want to achieve that goal. Because when you have those details in front of you, when you understand exactly what you want, why you want it, when you're going to get it, and then we'll work on how you're going to get there, then your subconscious starts pulling things out of everything around you, all the persons, the situations, the opportunities that are in line with hitting that goal. That's why in sales, if you're a sales rep or sales manager, or your founder listening to, this is why it's absolutely important to always be doing call coaching, always be doing demo recording, all of that stuff, because they need to listen to the phone calls. Your sales reps, marketers, anyone in business need to be listening to the customer story, especially the good fit customers, because all it's doing is training the intuition. It's putting people in that situation to make sure that they're training their gut feeling to know how to react in those moments. So when they do react, it's where it needs to be and not pause and fumble and come forward with all this anxiety. That's why it's so important to do coaching on the team consistently. I'll never forget, I was interviewing a sales manager for a company I worked with a few years ago, and I asked this person, what is your coaching process? H help me understand how you do that for the team. 
And I shit you not, he said to me, we don't do coaching. All of our sales reps can close business. I about hung up the interview right then. I don't care how good you think you are or you think your team is. There is always something to get better at. Always. Don't care. There is no such thing as perfect. There is the verb perfect where you can work on perfecting something, but it's a never-ending journey. You have to understand that. But this is 100% why you expose yourself to the environments, the situation, why proximity is power, because you surround yourself and truly immerse yourself in the situation that's going to lead you towards achieving that goal. And if you don't understand why that goal is important, then you're not going to give a shit about that situation in the first place. Promise you. That is why New Year's resolutions fall apart, because they don't take time to put themselves in those situations, go acquire the resources or why they want it in the first place, or they get a really soft why. They're like, oh, I want to find a new significant other. But they don't, they still, that's still just a result of something. What's the meaning behind getting that significant other? What's the meaning behind getting that new job going into the new year? What's the meaning behind getting the house, the car, whatever it is? Until you understand to that deepest level as to why you want the goal you're working towards, you're going to hit a roadblock and you're going to stop. If that wasn't true, everyone on this planet would be the picture of health. Everyone would be fit. We wouldn't have heart disease. We wouldn't have that. We'd have millionaires everywhere from all the businesses that were started. So there's evidence everywhere you want to look of that being true. What you don't want to admit is that it is in your power. Is it? it is up to you, and you're just not doing the work to do it. We all do it. Nobody's perfect. So digress a little bit. You have to get extremely specific on the goal you want to achieve. You have to get extremely deep and explicit on why you want to achieve that. And the reason why you want to do that is because it's connected directly to your subconscious. Your RAS responds to that level of specificity. It doesn't care about general statements. The more specific you can get, the easier it is for your RAS to pick out person, places, things, and situations put in front of you so you can achieve that. Again, sales call and coaching, easiest way to translate that into business. If you're not listening to your phone calls, if you're not reviewing your demos, if you're not sitting in on other people's demos, you're not training your intuition. You're not training your RAS to see what works. That's why you're missing things. Like it feels like obvious things from the sales manager listening to it, but they don't know. They don't know to pick up on those subtle cues, the change in tone, the way they respond to a question. The, they don't know to pick up on that stuff because their subconscious doesn't know that's something they should pay attention to. Again, the more specific you are with these types of things, the easier it is for your subconscious to show you that it's important. It's a scientific fact. <laughs> so as you're going through this, you're probably thinking, how the hell does this relate to business, right? Goals. We can talk about smart goals and OKRs. I mentioned it before. We mentioned getting specific, but let's connect it directly to a business, a growing business. I work with SaaS companies. So I'm going to use that as an example, but you can shape and mold this example to whatever you need to. The framework is still there. So let's talk about setting OKRs for a second. OKRs. What does OKR stand for? Objectives and key results. I feel like it should be okay, but OKRs, KPIs, whatever the acronym you want to choose, OKR, objectives and key results. So when you set a primary objective, which is the overall goal that you want to achieve that year or that quarter or that month, 
want it to be a big goal. So a lot of companies I work with, they're startups, they're early stage, they're either at revenue or pre-revenue, seed rounds, like I said, series A type stuff. And so a million dollars in ARR is what they want to go get. So those of you that are my non-SaaS, so software as a service listeners, AR stands for annual reoccurring revenue. That is how much revenue comes into the business on a reoccurring basis. So think of it as subscription subscription revenue, the amount you pay Netflix, that $12 a month, that equates to an annual recurring revenue amount that Netflix earns. This isn't a transactional revenue that you go on Amazon and buy something once. This is subscription revenue. That's why SaaS exists. So, or subscriptions as a service, whatever you want to call it. It's recurring revenue. So a million dollars in ARR. So maybe that's too much to think about. So the goal is a million dollars in ARR. What does that mean on monthly? So what is the annual recurring revenue on a monthly basis? $83,000. So $83,000 a month in annual recurring revenue equates to a million dollars. Let's get more specific than that. What does that mean on a monthly basis? That's just, just under $7,000 a month in new monthly recurring revenue every single month. So month one, you add 7,000. Month two, you add 7,000. Month three, you add 7,000. And that continues to stack throughout the year. So in month one, you have 7,000. Month two, you have 14,000. Month three, you have 21, then 28, and so on and so forth. And so you get to the point where you have $83,000 in monthly recurring revenue every single month. That's just hitting the books regardless. That's going to get you to a million dollars in annual recurring revenue. So there's the goal. But why do we want that goal? What does that million dollars mean to you and your business or if you're a sales rep, to you, your commission, and your life? Is it going to enable you to get a new valuation for the company to sell it for millions and millions of dollars and retire your spouse? Is that to pay back the people that help you build the business? Whatever it is, you need to define what the why is behind the reason for putting the goal at a million or maybe it's a hundred million, whatever it is, right? So you have to understand what the goal is, why you want the goal there. And then as a founder or as a sales leader or a business leader, communicate that why to the teams. And it doesn't matter if it's a personal goal. If it's a, everyone's at the business because you had a personal interest in starting a business. It's not like they thought you were a robot that was just birthed out of a chicken that now just grows businesses for the hell of it. No, no. Everyone understands why you're in business. It's fine. Just get out of your own way, communicate that to the team. So if you have this big audacious goal, million, hundred million, we're going to leave it at a million for this example. You have your goal of $100 million or sorry, a million dollars in ARR. New ARR being added at 1 million, that equates down to just under $7,000 in monthly revenue added every single month on average. So anyways, should be writing this down. So when you do that, now you know that you need to add $7,000 in revenue, monthly revenue every month for 12 months to get to the point of having a million dollars in recurring revenue. So now you have something tangible that you can measure. Now you take that $7,000 you need per month to go and hit that million dollars. You look at your average customer value, your ACV. What does each one of your customers pay you on average per month? Let's use the example of $250. It's an even solid number. So that's $250 a month that they pay you, which if you want to use an annual number, that's $3,000 per year. So it's either 250 a month or 3000 per year. It's the same. So then you take your average contract value that you have per customer and divide it into the total amount of revenue you want per month. 
So 7,000 divided by 250 gives you 28. That is the number of customers you need to get. You have new customers you need to get every single month. Okay, let's go even further than that. Now that we know we need to get 28 customers, you need to look at two things, one before the other. In order to get a customer, how many opportunities does that take to acquire a customer? Is it three opportunities per one customer? What's your opportunity to customer conversion rate? You have to understand that, okay? Take a step further. How many demos does it take to get an opportunity? Or how many meetings, held meetings, does it take to create an opportunity? Maybe it's, let's say it's five to one. You have to have five demos. If it's five to one, that's bad. Let's let's just continue with a three to one. So if it's three demos to get one qualified, one quality, good opportunity, then you know how many meetings, how many demos you need to conduct. Again, so to get 28 customers, you need to know how many opportunities to get one customer, how many demos to get one opportunity, okay? So we're continuing to working, but we're continue to work backwards. So of those demos, not all of them, when we set them, when we schedule them, show up. So you have to understand how many scheduled demos do you have to have on the calendar to produce one demo? Is it two? Is it three? Is it four? What's your show rate on that? What's your set to held rate? Whatever you want to call it, you have to understand your ratio. Okay, sweet. Now we understand how many scheduled demos we need to have. How many connected conversations does it take to get one scheduled demo? So we're working backwards again. Is it 10, 5, 2, 1? Do most of your scheduled demos come from an email automation platform? Where does that result come from? Because that's all we're doing. We're looking at, cool, here's the result. What impacts it? Here's the result. What impacts it? Here's the result. What impacts it? That's all you're doing is working backwards. Okay. So now we know how many connected calls we need to have in order to go and hit a scheduled demo. Okay. But how many phone calls do you need to make on average to get one connected call? That's how you get down to what you can control as a sales rep. You have to back into it to that level of specificity. Just like I mentioned 20 minutes ago, that we have to work on getting absolutely specific and clear on the goal that we want to achieve. And the last part of all this are the steps in order to go after that goal. You can have a clear why, you can have a clear goal, but if you don't take time to lay out the steps necessary to do that, you're just going to be really upset. Just saying. Even if you have a team, if you're the CEO, if you're the president, and you're delineating a goal down to your team, the team needs to do the work. You need to do the work with them to figure out what needs to actually happen or to go and hit that. And so it's one of the reasons why I love sales so much is because you can measure everything. It's wonderful. So again, we have the number of revenue we need to go and hit a million dollars in AR, which is our annual, which is our goal. From that revenue, we know how many customers we need to go get, which was 28. We know how many opportunities we need to have because we understand our opportunity to conversion ratio. We know how many demos we need to complete or hold in order to get that number of opportunities. We know how many scheduled demos we need to have on the calendar to have them show up and completed. We know how many connected calls we need to have on average to go and get those scheduled appointments. And now we know how many phone calls the sales team needs to make in order to have the number of connections needed to go and set the demos, to keep the demos, to create the opportunities to close customer to get the revenue. I feel like there's some kid's book about the grandma on the bed and the flea and the dog that we can go into here. But anyways, that is the level of detail you have to go into when you're building goals for your business. 
It's the same thing with fitness. If you want to lose a certain amount of weight, you have to pick a time frame that's actually doable. You have to hit a certain amount of pounds you have to drop each month or each week, and then you have to back into your calories, the excess that you need to burn, the workouts you're going to do. So all you have to do is put your shoes on and then just go and follow what's on the list. It's the same thing in business. Success leaves a trail. What I'm telling you to do is the basics of basics of basics when it comes to executing on a plan and building a business and earning revenue. Like when other podcasts and other people and influencers on LinkedIn or whatever talk about the sales 101, it's this shit. It's dialing the phone. It's controlling the controllable. I did a whole talk on another sales annual sales kickoff about controlling the controllables where we talked a little bit about this. But that's how you figure out what you can control. So in a sales organization, if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, you're a sales leader, or you're a sales rep, and you're not tracking all of the phone calls that are being made, inbound, outbound, whatever, then you won't be able to get to this level of detail. You won't be able to forecast what revenue could be because you're not tracking this information. I wrote a whole playbook at the beginning of 2022 called The Metric Manager. Everyone's like, oh, that's micromanaging. I'm like, bullshit. This is the metrics and the data that you need to understand to that level to know what levers you need to pull in order to get growth to happen. It also gives you an idea of where your team needs more coaching. That's for a different call. But it doesn't stop at just the phone calls from the sales team. What about the other departments? What do we need to know? So inside of those metrics, is going. they're going to give you the keys, the different areas of the business that need help. So if you need to generate a certain amount of lead to go and make those phone calls, to go and get the connects to the sets, to the helds, to the ops, to the customers, then you know what your marketing team needs to do. Your marketing team needs to help generate a certain amount of leads. Then they can look at which channels are they using that produce the leads that close. So is it paid? Is it organic? Is it just pumping out social posts from the entire employee base? Is it webinars? Whatever it is, you have to be able to track the lead conversions per channel to understand what provides the best leads. Now, I say best leads with air quotes because you can go get MQLs all day long. You can just go run ads to form submits, and then there you go. Marketing go. They hit their goal. Done. But that doesn't add up to the business goal. So when you're building out goals, execution plans, steps, whatever the hell you want to call it, this is why you track everything. Because if you go and set a revenue target for the year, for the quarter, for the month, and you don't have the ability to control, to measure what your team can control, good luck hitting that. That's why I work with a lot of sales managers that struggle with putting their forecast number in because their sales teams don't log their sales activity or they don't have the right process in place to run the sales playbook, or they don't understand how to manage their pipeline in the different deal stages to know which ones are more likely to convert because nothing's documented, nothing's measured, right? So that's what you want to do. So we're going to take a step way back on this. Again, setting goals allows you to measure progress towards what you want to do. You have to understand the details of that goal. What, are, what is the exact thing you want to do inside of that goal? And then why you want that goal. Do the work to understand the reason why you want it, the impact it's going to have on you and the people around you, and then use that emotion that you get from it to build out the action plan. <laughs> what is the actual work that needs to get done in order to achieve that goal? I just gave you the example about a SaaS business that wants to go and achieve a million dollars in annual recurring revenue. 
Now, all of that is highly dependent on the effectiveness and product market fit and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But that you can use as a framework. Shit, you can go to my website, DwayneDefault.com, go to free stuff and download the metric manager and it lays it out perfect. Everything I just said. Well, not everything, just using the metrics I talked about and how to approach each stage and using those data points as a coaching opportunity. And you could do that at any stage in life. Let's just say in fitness, you're trying to lose 30 pounds this year and you're following the plan. You're eating the right calories, you're doing the right movement, but the weight's still not coming off. If you're not doing the steps, then it's really hard for you or your trainer or anyone to pinpoint where the issues are. Maybe if you're not sleeping right, get more sleep, adjust when you eat your meals. But if you're not measuring those things, if you don't understand the exact steps you need to take in order to go and hit that goal, then you don't know where the adjustments need to be made. So then you're flying blind and then you give up on your New Year's resolution. It, I hate that it sounds simple when said out loud, but honestly, if you can't simplify the problem, you don't really know what the problem is, let alone the solution to the problem. It should be that simple. Things in life are so much in our control, it makes me sick looking at businesses looking at people's lives that can easily be the way they want it. They can be reaching their version of success by just getting better at having the conversation with themselves, understanding what they want out of life, why they want it, and then either A, figuring out what the steps are, or B, talking to someone who knows what the steps could be. That's why coaches and consultants exist. Obviously, if you're overweight, you struggle with losing weight. So why would you think you have the answers already? You're starting out in business. Let's say you got some funding from a VC and you've been a product person your entire career. You've been in business. You've been, a, you've been working since you're 20 years old. You've been in business for 15 years. And well, you've been working 15 years. And then all of a sudden you get handed millions of dollars and they're go grow this product. But guy, why do you sit there and think that you're going to be an expert on launching a go-to-market campaign? Why do you think you're going to be like, it's great that you have that confidence, but in, until you either A, do the work to figure out what needs to get done, or B, talk to someone who actually knows what they're doing and can give you those steps and how to measure and what to execute on, you're just going to be flying blind. That's why we have such a high failure rate in business. I'm not the only reason, but anyways going on a tangent here. So I apologize. Let's wrap things up. We're getting close to an hour on this. I told you I'd try to keep it at 45 minutes. What's interesting is my notes on this as I was organizing this. I even originally said 30 minutes, but I knew myself. So I'm glad I put it at 45, but hey, we're at 50 minutes for this. So wrapping things up, you can use this framework or this process or this thought way of thinking in any aspect of your life, fitness, family, projects around your house, your mental state, school, like if you work for a nonprofit, it can be applied anywhere. You just have to remember these three things. One, be extremely detailed and specific in your goal. When you do that, it's easier to see yourself achieving it than your subconscious can go to work on helping you get that. Number two, you have to understand your reason why you want to hit that goal and don't shy away from getting emotional when you do that. Most of the time, at least for me, the more emotional the reason behind, the more emotional the reason as to why I want something, the harder I'm willing to work for it, the more effort I'm willing to put in for that thing. Now, before we get to number three, 
I've often been mistaken for a very angry person. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I've had moments of anger. But people mistake my passion and my drive as frustration. I enjoy what I do. As you can see, this emotion, I don't just, I don't create, this is me. This level of passion and emotion that comes through this microphone, or if you're watching this, is who I am. I love what I do. And I love that I get to do it for other people. And I love that people are able to take just one or two little things from episodes like this or clips or whatever you're watching and make an impact. If they're able to close one more deal a month, does that get them to the next commission threshold to pay their rent on time? Does executing on that marketing campaign provide more leads for the company that gets them to goal to where they get the next level of funding for the company rather than having to do a run layoffs? Is it that one thing that connects you to your why that gets you to train for that marathon? Whatever that is, I'm happy that I can at least help you with the framework, maybe give you a different perspective on how it is because that's my reason why. I love helping you. I love coaching. I never thought I would say I love being a teacher, but I do. I'm obsessed with it. I have a obsessive personality that combined with my passion and drive towards things, it's kind of to get me off of that, off that topic. My wife knows what that's all about. But anyways, number three, you have to map out the action steps the same way that you created your goal and found out your reason why. You write them down. You get absolutely clear on what they need to be, when they need to happen, and how you need to do it. When you do those three things in any aspect of your life, whether it's fitness, whether it's family, business, or whatever it is, you can apply it anywhere. The only thing that stops you from success is you. I hope today was helpful. I know it was much longer than normal sessions. If you have any questions, you get value from the show or anything like that, share it with a friend, subscribe, leave a review. All of those things help me help other people. So again, I appreciate you and go out and win the day. 